Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode of the Light Path Podcast, I'm going to share with you 10 tips on how to help you survive the holidays. We know that the holidays can be really tricky and potentially triggering times. So I hope these tips, some of which you shared with me, can really help you navigate this season so it's something that you actually enjoy and thrive in rather than shrink and demise in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is so lovely to have you here for this episode. Well, this year seems to have gone by really, really quickly. And I think as we come towards the end of the year, we're having to face the inevitable holiday season. I know many of us around the world celebrate it in many different ways. But there is some very common themes that run through this time of year in that we are forced with sometimes a lot of disturbance in our routines and lots of opportunities maybe to be a little bit triggered in anything that we're working through or just generally our, you know, life uh, flow that we work so hard to create on the day to day. It's not to say that holiday season can't be really fun and exciting. Personally, I love it, but that's not to say I don't get overwhelmed by it or there aren't some things that I struggle with in it, especially for those of us. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you'll definitely resonate that are quite empathic and empathetic. So people that, you know, which I hope is most of us, are really emotionally aware of themselves, but also of others. You also may be energetically aware. You might not be able to verbalize it or really understand it, but you sure can feel it. And this time of year, when people are coming together in lots of different contexts and in lots of different groups to, in inverted commas, celebrate whatever it is we're celebrating, it can really almost be like this mixed bag of energies that everyone's bringing into the situation or bringing into a room. So for example, let's picture like the work Christmas party. So everyone sits down or everyone goes to this event. Uh, We're all individuals with all our own work stress, our own personal demands and pulls and stresses. Um, We're all our own individuals working through our own stuff all at the same time and so you put all of that energy into a room uh, often accompanied by food that we might not normally eat and the big a alcohol and energetically it's a it's an intense little mixed bag and if we're prone to feeling energies anyway that can be quite even more intense, confusing, 
may be overwhelming for us. So I put the question out there on Instagram a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to get your feedback because you're the ones that feel this alongside of me and I wanted to know the strategies that you guys are employing to share those with others because it may be something that you know you consider doing yourself. I also did heaps of personal reflection on the things that I do, but also a lot of research. So looking into a lot of psychologists' work and counsellors' work in terms of what they suggest for their, you know, the people that they work with on how to deal with the holiday stress. And what I found from the responses that you guys gave to me my own experience and my research was there were pretty common themes. So it's interesting that we're all experiencing the same thing as in internally, we're all experiencing the stress, the discomfort, the overwhelm, uh, good or bad. And we all tend to be adopting the same strategies, which I don't know why that makes me giggle, but it really does. It, It really highlights to me Yet again, there is so much more that connects us than does separate us. And so if I go back, for example, to that workplace Christmas scenario where you might be sitting at a table next to someone who you don't really know that well or strictly know within that work context or persona And it might be nice for you just to softly remind yourself that they're probably thinking, feeling and going through the exact same or very similar things that you might be going through. And I think when we are able to set boundaries for ourselves and to do what is right personally for us in a respectful, courteous way, I definitely do not advocate for people completely going off and uh, doing them, if you like, at, you know, the, the rudeness or expense of others. But I think that there are ways in which we can adopt the strategies that I'm going to share with you, most of which I think you'll know and, um, probably be familiar with in order for you to a have a little tool bag of strategies in your pocket but b be brave enough to beautifully implement them because here's the thing like i said there is so much more that connects us than actually separates us so if you are able to beautifully implement a strategy that we discussed today or a strategy that you have that maybe doesn't come up today in a way that respects all those around you but also gives you the opportunity to exercise a boundary for yourself and for your health and for your happiness. It really does set the example and ultimately inspires others to perhaps do the same. And I think when I reflected on the strategies that I've adopted, I really um, looked at 
the things that I've noticed others do in these situations, some of which were abhorrent and I wouldn't ever do, but those situations really taught me of how I personally would go about handling it. And then of course there are examples of people that did it beautifully that I could then emulate. So just know that when you are looking after yourself and you are doing it in the essence of love and grace and you do it beautifully, you just never know who you are inspiring, who is watching, who is absorbing that beautiful act of self-love yet at the same time deep respect for others and showing them a little light on their path that could potentially be implemented by them as they travel through what each of us individually, the similar experiences we're traveling through. So I've got, I've summed it up into 10. Thank you so much for people that um, jumped onto Instagram. I got such good responses. Um, Some of them made me giggle. My 12-year-old nephew decided to jump on and said that he copes by um, just playing on his phone. (laughs) And I can concur, he does that a lot. And I said to him, what? But I'm the cool auntie. Surely you don't need to play on the phone when I'm around. And he just really like bluntly replied, you know, sometimes I just need to. And I thought, you know what? There's a kid that just knows what he needs. He knows personally how to deregulate from maybe a family environment that may be a bit chatty and loud or maybe a bit too adult. And he he knows how to take himself away just to have that reprieve so he can dip back into the conversations and the fun that we might be having so the wisdom of the youth right um and i love it how he was kind of really unapologetic about it and i feel like as adults and i especially maybe struggle a little bit with this the anxiety sometimes that i feel around the social pressures or the pressures of the season is actually more about what other people will think of me in this situation rather than what I think of me and what I need. So for me, that that actually, although I don't advocate him being on his phone all the time, um, that really did inspire me in some sense. So I'm going to walk you through these 10 tips and pick and choose the ones that you're going to pop into your tool bag. And I want you to really think about ways in which you're going to do it beautifully. Remember, it's, it's one thing to live your path of light and to walk it in a way that suits you. But when we do that in the essence of, like I said, love and grace, we're really inspiring others around us. And I think that that is a responsibility that we all have, but I think it's also a massive privilege. So let's get down to it. So the first tip I have is that it's really important, and a lot of you wrote this one, to designate time where it's just for you. So downtime or doing the things that you want to do. So it's not necessarily about saying yes to every event or making yourself so busy running around like crazy 
trying to get everything done. It's rather taking time to be like, right, I need some time to deregulate or I need some unstimulated time. This is right up my alley and Laura, our human design expert, has talked to me personally a lot about this in terms of my human design in that this is what I need. I actually thought that there was something wrong with me that I needed just time to myself and I just need time to do nothing. And and she was able through the beautiful tool of human design talk to me about how actually important that was for my human design profile and actually it's the healthiest thing I can do for myself because so much for me comes out of that downtime so it really reframed it for me and it allowed me to honor that need rather than judge it and that links to my second one which is plan ahead plan ahead maybe should have been the first one but it's important for us just spontaneity is great um, and it can be a lot of fun but as much as you can plan ahead so if you know you have a dinner a Christmas catch-up or something with friends on the Friday night Plan then for the Saturday if you need that downtime to be free because if your plans are dinner Friday night, I've got to get up, I've got three hours to do Christmas shopping on Saturday morning before I've got a lunch on and then that's rolling into a dinner and then, oh my gosh, that just like it sounds like fun but it's a lot. So make sure you have that designated downtime and almost plan out what you're going to do in that and plan it so thoroughly that people won't necessarily interrupt it so oh I'm busy Saturday but yeah I can definitely come on Sunday morning or whatever it is you know you don't necessarily have to tell them what you're doing but you can kind of block it out so that you know that's your time for you I'm really old school I still use a written diary um, and so I can see it clearly I have to visually see my time slots clearly so plan to have that downtime and plan out your events so the third tip is spaces between the celebrations because of that whole aspect of energy I was talking about before. So when we're going from one group of people to another, to another, and like I said, all those other factors that go with that, foods um, that we don't usually eat, drinks that we may not usually be drinking, is a lot of layers to the stimulation and to the mix bag of intense energy going on so as we go through those situations we're constantly having to adjust and we're constantly feeling different things and taking on different emotions and energies of the people around us so I thought that this was such a great tip to actually space out the celebrations so don't do it all in one weekend unless obviously that really suits you you just want to get it rip it off like a band-aid and get it all done in one weekend so you can have all the other weekends separate but spacing out the celebrations to me means like oh I've always got kind of something to look forward to 
but I don't feel overwhelmed by the chopping and changing and the hectic nature of it all. I definitely find, um, you know, I observe people a lot, as you could imagine, and I definitely find the Christmas season, it's so funny to spot the FOMO addicted people because they are at everything. And, And I just think to myself, wow, there must be you know such a disconnect from self to be able to be constantly you know um, face forward and posting and at every different lunch and stuff like that and it's those ones that I can see that have just gone to certain things um, that are obviously going to enjoy them more because they're well rested they're measured and they've looked forward to it as opposed to the next thing the next thing the next thing I think that links also to another tip, which is be selective, like pick who you spend time with and who you talk to when you're there. So if you're at a big family event and, you know, you know that you're not really going to get much life force energy or joy out of speaking to a certain someone there... Of course, be courteous, polite, say hello, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend the entire event with them. You know, maybe network in a way or maneuver through the room in a way to the people there that do. And if you find that uh, you have sat next to someone that may be uh, a little bit draining, you know, think to yourself, how can I compartmentalize this moment? And actually protect my energy and not let them drain it. And that can be just as simply as acknowledging that and just be like, I'm actually going to make the decision for this person not to drain my energy. And so I'm going to nod my head and smile and let them say the ridiculous things that I, that might, you know, have otherwise <laughs> prompted me to speak back and defend or whatever. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it slide. Um, bringing me to another tip. I love how these are all intertwined is to set aside differences. I think um, Wayne Dyer was, I love this um, a strategy or story he used to tell about um, like no one knows enough, you know, to to really completely disagree with another and um, which, you know, I've thought about a lot and I'm like not 100% sure I agree with it, but it's kind of true in a way. Like everyone's just like doing their best humaning and sometimes their best is um, a lot greater than at other times, but generally I, I do believe that everyone's just plodding along, generally trying to do their best to survive. Some thrive, but mostly just survive and so he said he used to say that he had this kind of rule you know if someone came up to him and said um you know one plus one equals five yes you're absolutely correct that's great (laughs) you know and and I've used that so much in situations where I just think like why do I need to be right like releasing the need to be right is so liberating it's so liberating because on the inside you're kind of chuckling and and you know what you think and you know the answers too but if they are quite convinced it's five like that's amazing tell me more about that tell me how it's five you know and let let them talk that's a way that you can 
a put that um, space between you and them in terms of that that distance um, and self protection, but it also allows you to set aside differences. And I think that that's you know it's not denial necessarily, but sometimes you know it comes back to that grace and the space that we hold that not everything is is going to be solvable in the way that everyone is happy with the outcome and that's okay and so be discerning with that one the differences that you can set aside just for that moment because otherwise that moment becomes unpleasant and becomes really laced with the energy of the differences rather than us using it as an opportunity to see the things that do connect us. So when you're at an event, my next tip is to, and this came from the Instagram poll, was to, it's pretty simple, leave when you want to leave. Um, And I almost want to say you have permission because it's definitely sometimes permission I thought I need I needed obviously when you're in intimate party situations or intimate dinner parties that can be a little bit trickier to navigate but you know really consider like you are allowed to leave when you want to leave now is that in the middle of a sit-down dinner probably not this is where we need to you know use our manners and all of that kind of stuff but Generally speaking, just know that you can and sometimes you might go with the best of intentions of staying for a certain amount of time but once you get there, for whatever reason that day, maybe you're feeling extra sensitive or anxious, it's okay to leave, just do it beautifully. Do it with grace and with those beautiful manners. Um, When you're not at events, so I think the, the, you know, a lot of people wrote these types of tips in that to try and keep your routines as much as possible during this season. Exercise is a big one. When I look back over the holiday seasons that I've had where I have maintained my exercise routine, They have personally been the best for me for many reasons. Um, I don't feel as guilty about indulging in the wonderful treats that we get to have around this time of year. Um, But also it gives me that time out, you know, that time to myself. It reminds me that I'm responsible for me and um, that I don't have to, you know, do all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. So exercise is something that has always really held me generally let alone during these more intense energetic periods and then that also links back into planning ahead so knowing that I'm going to get up in the morning and go to the gym or go for a walk or do whatever I'm doing helps me leave when I want to leave and it helps me maybe watch my consumption of the food and the alcohol that I may be having. So the plan actually really, really helps me in keeping some of those rituals and routines. Along with exercise, I would probably put in any type of rituals that you hold. I find that for me, it's really, really, I cannot get away with not sitting and not meditating through those times so the more intense the times are the more I need my 
my rituals you know I won't stop working with the moon for example over this time and doing all the things that are really important and absolutely vital for my spiritual um, health I'll always stick to that last couple of tips have really realistic expectations of yourself and of others and I definitely think this is around spending um, and as well as the capacity for others to give energetically or physically to any situation so you know plan ahead like start now which is why I'm releasing this now think about exactly how much money am I going to spend and I'm going to be really realistic around that so I don't have like the lingering stress of this season as I may be paying it off or all those things whether I'm paying it off monetary wise or whether I'm paying it off um, health wise because I've over consumed or, or whatever it is so have really realistic expectations of you but then also extend that grace to others like don't expect to turn up to the work Christmas party and the girl that annoys you in the office to you know not annoy you there she's probably going to annoy you there so have realistic expectations of that and work within those parameters and I think that that is such a beautiful way to respect ourselves but also to respect others in, um, in what is a more intense time period um, also use this time to plan fun things we're lucky in the southern hemisphere it's summer here so the things that you love to do if you love to be in nature make sure you plan out time to do that if you're in the northern hemisphere and you just love to look at you know the beautiful christmas lights or something like that in the evening where it's you know beautiful and chilly and cold go do that so plan the fun things that you love to do and maybe they can also be intertwined in your christmas catch-ups so it doesn't have to be um you know a sit-down dinner or a lunch it can be an activity so maybe think around that like can i have fun with this catch up rather than dreading another conversation with another person how has your year been what's up for next year oh those conversations get me so plan to do those fun activities because it is such a fun magical time of the year um acknowledging your feelings is a really really important one and this links back to me to those rituals and routines that i keep just acknowledge how you feel the best way to do that get out that journal get out that journal and write every day how am i feeling today because once we acknowledge our feelings it definitely gives them the space just to disperse i think it's those bottled up feelings like let's just i can't i don't have the capacity to deal with that right now i'm super busy so i'm just going to stuff that down and that's when we can have explosions just acknowledge i feel overwhelmed i feel tired and then you can actually get on with your day and probably be way more productive in doing so so get out the journal I would start every day I mean generally with a journal prompt but um, getting out the journal at this time is going to be really important last tip for this time of year is to know your triggers if you know something is really triggering for you know what it is and avoid it so if you know you have a tendency to get your back up when you're speaking to a certain person, maybe 
politely avoid that person or avoid getting your back up and just nodding your head and smiling at them. If you know that this time of year will really trigger um, a major sugar blowout for you that you, you won't feel good from, know that. Eat, eat something else, pick something else before you have the sugar so you don't go too far into it. So that's a pre-planning one. So take some time to consider, okay, what what are the triggers of the things that trigger me into not feeling good or into not being the best version of myself? How can I manage that trigger or completely avoid that trigger? So I think that that will be probably the most important one for you to thrive in the season rather than just survive it. But like I said, this time of year is so magical and so beautiful and has the potential for so much good and so much joy. And by really considering the way in which we're going to approach it, we're going to be able to tap into that side of things so much more easily. If there are tips here, oh, the only other tip that someone shared, actually a couple of people shared, was to avoid it altogether, (laughs) just to like get on a plane and go somewhere else. And do you know what? If that works for you, if that is the best thing for your mental health, do it. Just do it. Go for it. Um, So if there is something here that I haven't mentioned, but it's, you you know, it really works for you or something that I have mentioned and you have a great way, it might be a mantra, it might be a habit, it might be a strategy in order to implement that. I would love, 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 love for you to go on to the Facebook community page called the Light Path Community and pop it in there because if you do it and it works for you, I'll guarantee you someone else will be able to pick that up and use it as well. I would love to read them because the more strategies we have personally in our little tool bag, the easier this season is going to be, but also most importantly, the happier we are going to be in this beautiful time of year. So head over to the Facebook community page. I would love to read those tips and pop them into my tool bag. But for now, um, as always, thank you for tuning in. Would love for you to subscribe on whatever platform that you are listening to this. Helps us keep us going and on air. Um, But as we prepare for this season and as you walk through it, I personally am just sending you so much grace, so much encouragement, so much light and love. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo. And I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness and love together in the next episode.